Hey friends, we're back again with another edition of Locked On Twins, and we're going over free agents the Twins signed that you may have forgotten or in some cases didn't even know about. And if you're not enjoying this series, all the Twins have to do is something, and we can talk about that instead. So this is our version of a hunger strike. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, it's Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And Black in Back needs a snack. It's Dave Brown. How are we doing? <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. What what is it? Uh, I know it's in it's in reference to something we were talking about before we started recording. But what else is it a reference to? Uh, it's actually back in black by ACDC, and I just was trying to rhyme it, so I couldn't come up with anything too quickly. But um, Justin Morneau used to walk up to that song, and I am actually a bit of a walk on music his or walk up music historian. I have a Google Doc of the Twins walk up songs through history um incomplete at this point because it hasn't been updated for the last year but maybe someday we'll talk about that too thanks for making lockdown twins your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcast as well as on youtube and of course part of the lockdown podcast network which is your team every day dave i don't think i asked how you were doing did i i'm sure it was implied we didn't I'm doing fine good Brandon, how are you doing oh again uh I don't I don't know that I would call this necessarily a hunger strike, but like I hope not because I like to eat. Yeah, same. And uh this this is uh it's not protest, it's not anything like that, but like this is our this is my idea of engaging fun content while we're waiting for the twins to trade for Jesus Luzardo or sign Matthew Boyd or uh you know trade for Harold Ramirez. Any one of those things would be helpful, but hidden Harold, one of the hidden heralds. Yep, exactly. And uh, also, uh, I want to remind people, too, uh, we love comments in the YouTube comment section because it allows us to kind of converse with you, get some ideas of what you like and don't like about the show. Five-star reviews on iTunes and wherever else you listen, Spotify, are huge. Don't know why, but they're huge. They're good for us in terms of our placement on the the lists of everything and the rankings. So we appreciate it. Spotify then and game it. So we're getting more likes on it. Can I do that? If you haven't, then, um, you know, I know you're working on signing some paperwork to make this arrangement official. I should say you should go in and, and, um, and you should do that. All right. Well, I will, I'll do that. And then, uh, you know, I liked your idea not to just scuttle what we had going tonight. I'm not saying we should do that. And obviously yep. that would be a disaster, but the, the whole, uh, who's walk-up song, uh, the, the history of twins walk-up songs would be something interesting. I think for people to uh, consume as well. So that's a great idea for a, a, of a blog, a vlog, a podcast. Plog podcast log plug. I don't know. Um, Today's episode, by the way, brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself with a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code Locked On to get 20 bucks off your order. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E.com. I 
want to go over the well you know that walk-up music idea is a good idea and i don't know that it would be a 10-part series like this one feels like it's going to be um knock on what it won't be but I, yeah i think that could be a lot of fun because uh there you go uh i think it could be a lot of fun because i don't know i just for whatever reason like that takes up a lot of real estate in my mind what would my walk-up song be and it changes every day but um I don't know, maybe maybe you and I will go back and forth on that sometime. But we have a lot of ground to cover. To recap the most recent episode, we talked about Esteban Beltre, Ricky Bonus, Orlando Merced, Melvin Nieves, Gus Gandarillas, uh, Midre Cummings, Bobby Ayala, Butch Husky, Jason Simon Tachi, Damon Hollins, Quentin Get Kraken, Kurt Abbott, Brian Meadows, Michael Jackson, Mike Trombley, and Carlos Polito, the dearly departed within the last 10 days or so, Carlos Polito. Um, any of those stand out to you? I know you uh, you said you liked Mike Trombley. We had a lot of fun with Butch Husky uh, in the midst of our goofy technical difficulties, which were on my end, I, I might add. Um, but any of those stand That's out? That's good because I don't have any idea how to fix anything. So if it was on my end, we'd be in big trouble. Yeah, I, no, I, I know how to break things. I don't know how to fix them. Um because for me, I would say, yeah, Butch Husky was kind of the fun one to revisit. Running into uh, the left field fence at the Metrodome, which... Uh, even, even just his existence as a twin. Oh, for sure. He's got kind of a fun name. He was on a bunch of different teams, both coasts, I think. He's a mm -hmm. guy that, uh, if you are alive at that time, basically, you know Butch Husky. and Certainly not a superstar, but uh, kind of a big prospect and a big man. Yep. And uh, did some funny things on the baseball field, sometimes unintentionally. Almost like the precursor to, um, was it Ken Harvey on the Royals, who is really funny too? Like there's one time he got th a throw, like hit him in the back from the outfield, and he just collapsed like a sack of potatoes. Uh, it was like a cutoff throw, and he ducked down to avoid the cut, and I think it just cracked him. He was either the back or the back of the head. Um, I've never been able to find the highlights since. So maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it was a fever dream. But – I do remember him being kind of hilarious on the baseball field. If I ever run into Ken Harvey, and it's not impossible that I will, I'll yeah. ask him about this, and maybe he'll know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah, probably not, because I, I am probably making it up. Um, we're into 2003, so we're still 20-plus years away from where we're headed. But on January 30th, the Twins signed Shane Andrews, third baseman Shane Andrews, who, for whatever reason, I was remembering as an Astro. He was never an Astro, not even... You're getting yeah. it mixed up with Sean Barry, aren't you? Sean Barry. Uh, for a second, I thought maybe Morgan Ensberg, but no, it's Sean Barry for sure. Um, Shane Andrews, though, signs with the Twins before 2003, coming off seven games with the Red Sox, being out of Major League Baseball altogether in 2001. But a few years before, uh, 98 with the Expos, uh, 102 OPS plus, 25 homers, uh, you know, fair share of strikeouts. And I'm not really sure that he was uh, – uh, it seemed like he was decent defensively. So, like, his peak, yeah, he had a 2.0 2 baseball reference war that year in 150 games. That's not a bad player. But at this point, just kind of uh, well beyond his effectiveness, even though he was only going to be entering his age 31 season. He's, a, he's another guy, I swear most of these guys fit into this category, of somebody who wasn't a, a huge prospect, what was uh, – coveted in fantasy leagues because he could hit for power at third base, at least mm -hmm. in theory. And it it, uh, it it came to fruition a few times, as you, you mentioned that one season, I think the 98 season. 
Uh, I don't remember anything that he did with the Twins. So uh, do I remember him even being on the Twins? I can't say that I do. Because he wasn't for very long. He was in. Uh, he was released by the Twins. Uh, actually, no, he spent the season in the organization, not released, but that was the end of his career. But uh, never played for the Twins in the majors. He played at Rochester for 126 games, had a 733 OPS, 11 homers. That is the kind of line that as a 31-year-old will get you a full-time job in AAA and move you no further, uh, especially if you're behind a certain Corey. someone named Corey Koski. Yep. Yeah, you're going to have to do better. You're going to have to get up extra early to beat out Corey Koski in the late 90s, early O's on the Twins at third base. Well, and Terry Tiffy was in the mix, too. Obviously, I don't think you'll remember him. but um, he How can I forget up- Terry Tiffy? I mean, I almost don't remember him, but I, I do. With that name, you're going to remember Terry Tiffy. Came up and had a decent little run, um, but was, you know, it was he. I think he finished like he had a September call up run. Not not the best third baseman September call up we've ever seen from a twin. Tommy Watkins would be in that conversation. Uh, Glenn Williams would be in that conversation. But uh, nice. There's been some nice little runs. Michael Ryan had a run. who was the catcher? Hosmiel Pinto had a nice little run. I think Chris Parmley had one. It's It was so funny how September call-ups were such a bigger deal before they really limited them. I mean, I guess maybe it's not that funny, but um, that that was uh, that was kind of the deal with some of the third basemen who snuck up. And again, we were talking about Andrews, not Terry Tiffy, so I don't know how we got on this. Well, that is that is the nature, though, of this discussion. You know, you yeah. bring up an interesting player to a certain extent, there's only so many things we, we can recall about him. But, you know, you start to play the Kevin Bacon game and, well, he was related to this guy and he'd come up to that guy. And then that's sort of where the conversation goes. Do you know, though, I'm sure Terry, our, our audience will appreciate this. When uh, Terry Tiffy was sent down to the minors, you know what he said? I'll be back in a jiffy because I'm Terry Tiffy. Oh, we got to go to break. That was bleak. Um <laughs> Let's uh, let's have a message from our friends at Jace Medical, and we'll come back and try to wash the stink off us from that one. Well, Mr. Dave Brown, we're going to talk about Jace Medical, and I actually I want to see if I can find my Jace case here. Yes, I can. It seems like a very useful product, and I'm not just saying that because they are a, a wonderful sponsor. So, if you're watching on YouTube, mine is kind of like a seafoam green. And I've already used one of my meds, uh, Zithromax. So I had a, you and I were both sick back and forth in December. Um, I kind of joked that you got me sick and I got you sick or whatever, but obviously we all know how that works. It's really unlikely Uh, given that we only know each other in this way through electronics. Yeah, I'm I'm not good at uh, virology, but I don't think it works that way. But anyway. um, Not Phil Jen's best album. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, you know, people come to listen to the show about baseball, but, you know, we do like to think about real life. And the FDA says that pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, like just basic ones, amoxicillin, the ones that, you know, unless you're allergic, everybody is aware of. Uh, But right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is super scary. I can't imagine a more helpless, helpless feeling, easy for me to say. And if my wife or one of my kids got sick and a supply chain issue was going to keep us from getting the meds that we needed, but we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. That Jace case that I showed you, 
has five different antibiotics in it to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and others. All that stuff could happen to us. I didn't have to spend any time sitting in an urgent care, an emergency room. I didn't have to sit around other people risking them getting me sick, me getting them sick. It, it actually worked out really nicely. So visit jacemedical.com, that's J-A-S-E for Jace, and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Yeah, I got mine super quick, and they're they're tailored to you. They're catered to you based on how your encounter slash uh, review goes. But it's never been more important to be prepared than right now. Visit jacemedical.com, again, J-A-S-E, and use the offer code locked on to get 20 bucks off your order. All right, Dave Brown, we need to talk about Mike Fetters. 12 days after the twin sign Shane Andrews, they brought in Mike Fetters, who pitched a grand total of five games for the Twins. So uh, five games, six innings, one strikeout. Or, you know, your your garden variety, 1.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, very Aaron Cook with the Red Sox-esque. But um, as I recall, a pretty big fella. Big, tall man, six foot four, big uh, face. Yeah. Bill, Bill James, I don't think it, it might have been about Fetters, but it was <clears throat> about somebody. When Bill James was doing, I don't know if he's doing prospects or fantasy still, but he he said, um, looks fat, but isn't. Yep. And that's how he, I think that's how he described Mike Fetters. But if it wasn't him, it was somebody like Fetters. And that's, I think, a way to uh, to kind of look at Mike. He was, uh, he sort of had big jowls and uh, he was, he was more tall than anything else. And he had a big face with that kind of baby fat that doesn't ever go away. Yeah, and I think it's possible I had him uh, mixed up with Bob Wickman, too, who is never a twin. But Bob Wickman. It's Wisconsin, which is next to the twins. Yeah, yeah, it's all, su it's all sub uh, subconscious. Uh, in June of that year, the twins signed James Baldwin. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Baldwin won like 12 or something like that games with the White Sox a few years before that. Um, did... Uh, you know, he got, uh, he had one, two, three, four, five, six straight years of 10 plus wins. Uh, second in the rookie of the year in 1996. Easy layup question here. Who was the AL rookie of the year in 96? In 96? Yeah. Easy layup question. Come on, man. I don't, uh, I used to know the answer to these things, but then I just stopped looking them up. <clears throat> okay. Well, I don't remember. He's a Hall of Famer from the Yankees who played shortstop. Oh, Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice little year for him. Jeter, Baldwin, Tony Clark, who's in charge of the Players Association now. Rocky Coppinger, who um, I remember Ooh, a little Rocky bit. Rocky Jose Rosado. Darren Erstead, who probably had, outside of Jeter, the best career of everybody else. Actually, not probably. I'm pretty certain of it. Uh, Tony Batista, Twins legend. Jeff D'Amico. And then Tim Crabtree, who I remember virtually nothing about uh, as a real, you know, he was a reliever for Toronto. So no, I do, I do remember a little bit, but uh, Todd Hollinsworth on the other side, the Dodgers, I think had like five rookie of the year players in a row yeah. um, with uh, like Caros and Piazza and Mondesi and all those guys. 
But uh, Baldwin was, yeah, not a bad, not a bad right-handed pitcher. Another guy that I recall being kind of sturdy and tall. Uh, career war of 9.3, career area 501. But, you know, kicking around for 11 years, that's no joke. He did have 10 appearances for the Twins. No starts, 5-4-0 ERA in 2003. Didn't throw terribly hard. He had a, he did have a few good years, as you pointed out. Um, you know, he was, I, I wouldn't say he was like a huge disappointment with the White Sox, but like Scott Ruffcorn, he was yep. a, a, a rookie prospect a little before Baldwin. He was a huge disappointment. Baldwin maybe was a mild one with the White Sox, but he he put in a number of good years or a number of mediocre years as a starting pitcher. By the time he gets to the Twins, uh, there's not much left in the tank, although he did have a couple of good years as a relief pitcher later on. Maybe if he had switched to that sooner, uh, he, he could have pitched a, bit, a little bit longer. But um, Well, the recurring theme seems to be these guys are in their early 30s too, so it just goes to show how nonlinear careers are. And when you look at a guy like Baldwin, uh, you know, 200 innings was his peak, but another 199, a 70, 178, 175 ERAs, high fours, low fives. That was basically the quintessential steroid era number five starter. Yeah, a difficult era to pitch in, you know, even for that's what, you know, amazes me about Pedro and Greg Maddox and Randy the ERAs that they put up in those times when it was just a shooting gallery out there. And like in the old West, when you're, you know, dodging bullets at the okay corral it's uh it's not very friendly time for pitchers so uh, even yeah. though i you know i mentioned how baldwin wasn't as good as people hoped uh still it's a difficult time to to go out there and and try and get people out when you're when you don't have like the best stuff in the league you know so anybody other than the, the greatest pitchers are at the mercy of um i don't know the uh i was gonna say like brady anderson but even <clears throat> lesser hitters than that so yeah yeah uh mike Devereaux. we'll go with mike Devereaux. Oh. Uh, no that's probably a little too early uh pedro had that one year where what do you have like a 174 era all i remember is every time the twins played him it just felt utterly helpless because right. that's how good he was and you were just a fan you didn't even have to go up there with a hat with a bat wouldn't have done it you felt yeah. helpless well okay so November 21st, 2003, the Twins sign Greg Hallman as a free agent. That was later voided. I don't know if it was due to uh, age or what it was. Uh, coming over from the Netherlands, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Greg Hallman is no longer with us and was actually murdered by his brother, who um, pretty well documented was a... Well, obviously, Greg made it to the major leagues with the Mariners. Um, and I think he was big talent, but... The Mariners had a lot of guys who were big, talented, but not never really put it together. You know, Jeremy Reed, Dustin Ackley, uh, and that's all kind of that era. But um, yeah, her, tragically, I think he was back in the. I could be completely wrong, but I think he was in the Netherlands, and his brother stabbed him in like the front entry of their place or whatever. Uh, there is a tremendous, tremendous story on ESPN.com from maybe a decade ago uh, by I think Wright Thompson that I would highly highly recommend people checking out. But um, if I knew the twins had signed even ever so briefly, Greg Hallman, I had forgotten for sure. Yeah. I mean, when you think of him, you think of the, the uh, unfortunately his undoing at the hands of his family member, 
And it just it wasn't that long ago. I can remember it was a it was quite a shock on Twitter, especially if you followed uh, any teammates of his or coaches or anything like that. And people were just uh, kind of beside themselves with shock and grief. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, Greg, Greg Holman is uh, unfortunately, you know, one of those players who is remembered by for something awful that he didn't have any control over, but such is life sometimes. Right. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate how it all went down and I'll have to look into why that was voided. I can't remember why exactly, but international free agency back then was quite a bit different than it is now. Now you've got July two and you've got bonus caps and all that stuff. This was a November signing. Um, so it was just, it was a totally different beast, which makes it kind of hard to relate to, present day times. The next signing is one that honestly, I can't believe I didn't pay more attention to January 22nd, 2004. So I was deep in the throes of my senior year of high school and the twins brought in a hometown son, Mr. Rick Helling. And I remember growing up knowing everything about Rick Helling. Um, (laughs) Went to Kishwaukee college, university of North Dakota and Stanford. Is that uh that sounds like one of those uh Johnny Carson Carnax where you say those three and then you open it, it's like, you know, what are three colleges that gave out honorary degrees to, you know, I don't even want to say a name. I was even thinking of a different Johnny Carson bit where he, he puts up the map where he wants you to go to the car dealership and you get out and you cut off your slosson. And it's, uh, yeah, when you say Kishwaukee, it, it's hilarious that the guy went to Stanford. And uh, I don't want to offend anybody from North Dakota, but it's kind of funny that they, some, they somehow found him. So that's all. Yeah, University of North Dakota doesn't even have baseball anymore. That's how things have gone such or since. Um, Helling, more than 20 career war, uh, 20 wins in 1998. Finished 21st in the MVP, which, uh, boy, that gets pretty granular down there. But 200 innings for four straight years, 175 with the Diamondbacks in 02. 03 goes a little sideways on him. And then 04 with the Twins uh, does not appear in the major leagues and, in fact, uh, is released in June, signs with the Rangers in uh, to about 10 days later and then is released by the Rangers a month later and then doesn't do anything again until the Brewers sign him a couple times in free agency uh, 05, 06, where he becomes, I believe, a reliever. And he's a fairly decent one. Not not great, not bad. Um, but it's just curious to me that the 04 Twins couldn't have used him as a reliever or something. But the Twins bullpen back then with uh, with – was 04, 04 was Joe Nathan because the Joe, Joe Maurer debuted and he was traded for Brzezinski and Nathan was in that trade. So, yeah, uh, you know, maybe the bullpen with Nathan and Rincon and J.C. Romero and Latroy Hawkins. Latroy Hawkins probably was one foot out the door at that point, if I remember correctly. But um, either way, um, just surprising to me that Rick Helling didn't surface with the hometown team even once in 2004. Well, you uh... – you look at a lot of these guys, people that you're bringing up, you see that they, they come to the twins or some other team and it doesn't quite work out. And then years later they get uh, another chance or they got several chances between then 
when it doesn't work out with the Twins and later on, and then they uh, they stick in the majors for a while. Sometimes it's all about timing, the health of the individual at the moment they sign. So, uh, you know, I, the, the Twins probably wanted to make it happen, but just based on who else they had and where, whatever Helling's situation was physically, as far yeah. as what he w- wasn't able to do, uh, just it just wasn't meant to be at that time. And is, he didn't pitch like lights out at uh, – he was at New Britain for a minute and then Rochester uh, – you know, he didn't, he didn't blow it up. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like he would have had some kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, go down there, throw some innings. And once we have an opening, we'll find one for you. And maybe that's what it was. It just never came to fruition. And then he opted out or asked for his release, but just surprised me that in 04, he did not surface. Now a pitcher who did surface in 04 is who we're going to talk about next. But first a word from FanDuel. So our friends at FanDuel want you to know that the regular season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You don't have to do your misery mitigation. It's, it's no matter what guaranteed. And the app, if you've been on the app, super easy to use, so many different ways to bet. You can have live same-game parlays. Bets are in the new Explore tab. And you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. And I have never said parlay so many times in so short of a period of time. But you can do much, much more in the app, including parlays. And uh, and again, much, much there more. There it is again. Yeah, that was my own fault, though. Uh, but again, 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com. Slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Still can't get past that. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, we're coming down the home stretch here. Joe Bimel was the lefty. And I recall in 04, I moved down to college and I started going to games as much as I could. I ended up getting season tickets in 06. And Bimel came up. And I remember him pitching against, it must've been against Baltimore near the middle of that month. And his ERA on the the board at target field or not target field, the Metrodome was like 40 something. Yeah. So he gave up eight earned runs in an inning and two thirds. And that's a 43.2 ERA. You're thinking, oh man, this guy's, you know, he's never going to be, a big deal for anybody. And then he goes on to pitch for an entire, an entirety of 13 MLB seasons. Some pretty good seasons in there with the Dodgers and uh, not, not a lot of strikeouts, but you know, a good serviceable reliever, even until, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago. The, yeah, that ERA you're referencing when it was over 40 after he left the twins that season, he pitched in 509 more major league games. So obviously he was not at the end of his, his rope. Uh, and, you know, lefties are funny. And he was only 27, 28, yep. something like that, when he was yep. on the Twins. And he had been, you know, people uh, re- obviously, for some reason we know random Pittsburgh Pirate guys. I mean, he's as Pittsburgh Pirate as they come. I mean, oh, yeah, Joe Bimel, he's on the Pirates. And uh, you wouldn't really know too much about many other players, but you, you knew him and he just had a, a, a great career, an ERA um, 
you know, is like a four ERA. But if you can do that for 13 years, it means you're doing something right. Uh, he made in his career a tidy seven million and change. So yeah, not bad work if you can get it. Uh, appears he was represented by Jeff Fry, who I've had some fun with on Twitter. Um, I don't know if he's had fun with me, but I've definitely had fun um, interacting at him. Jeff but, Fry was an agent or is? No, I think it's was, which oh. uh, I, I don't know what the meaning of was is in that sentence, but uh, it appears he is no longer. Um, next, in May of 2004, the Twins signed Todd Dunwoody, who um, more uh, more a name that I recognized from that era than an actually good player. He, I mean, I knew him as a Marlin. Right. Florida Marlin, not an actual Marlin. Um, pretty decent uh, outfielder as far as, you know, versatility and all that, but just uh, did not hit very much at all and got a, almost a 1,000 plate appearances in the big leagues. He was past, past, past his prime by this point, though. His last big league game was almost two years before he signed with the Twins. Okay. So, yeah, the, I wonder if there's a scout or something that knew him from earlier in his career and, uh, you know, was was hoping for something. You know, that was a guy I remember him uh, and like, well, is he going to be the Todd or is Todd Hollinsworth going to be the Todd? He was down there as well at some point. So I, they were just – I think they were adding so many Todds that they they just were trying to hit on one of them. But just a couple of Todd's doing their thing. Well, in 2004, he was 29. So again, not you get to this point where you're not really like past your prime physically, but you know, maybe just the game is done with you. But he hit 305 with a 335 on base, 494 slug in 85 games at Rochester. And they brought him back actually the next year, plays 96 games with a 660 OPS, decidedly worse. And that's it for him as a professional 13 years as a pro. And uh, that was it, but never saw the light of day with the twins. But I, again, hadn't really thought about Todd Dunwoody. Um, I more thought about Dunwoody as the college that's on the way into downtown Minneapolis, which you passed, or I always passed on the way to going to the Metrodome when I got season tickets in 2006. Oh. What, what do they teach there at Dunwoody? You outfield defense, apparently. Okay. I have no idea. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a community college or what it is. Um, a little later, actually about uh, two weeks later, the Twins bring in reliever Gary Glover. And again, Gary Glover, I'm going to check because I, I want to make sure I'm recalling correctly because I'm not. Um, for some reason, I thought he was a lefty. Was he a sidewinding righty or like a – Absolutely bump? not a sidewinder. He was a over the top. He might have been a three-quarters, but nothing close to sidewinder. Why am I remembering he was like a funky reliever? But either way, um, also not named after the video game Glover or vice versa. Uh, but he was a White Sox, white member of the White Sox. I always have trouble with White Sox versus White Sox. And um, so tw Twins fans knew at least some about him. Um, but yeah, just uh, kind of a run-of-the-mill right-handed reliever. And the Twins actually released him like a month later. So might have been just a now you see me, now you don't. Let's see what happens kind of thing here. Yeah, he, he went to like 2008 or so. With the Rays, yep. I think, or the the Tigers. So he had a, I don't know if he had a, if you could say he had a good arm, but he was a big, he's six foot five. He's a big, handsome right-hander, kind of, uh, you know, one of those kind of guys that uh, I don't know if they just 
they, they liked having uh, aesthetically pleasing people around because he, he didn't get a lot of outs. He had like yeah. a five ERA for his career, so not not a very a terribly effective pitcher. It's certainly around the time when he was with the Twins. So, uh, you know, you you use what you got. The goatee on him in on Baseball Reference is very like era specific, right? It's it's if he had a tribal tattoo or like a barbed wire on his either of his biceps. He could have passed for like Buff Bagwell from the old WCW days. Who does he look uh, like? He looks a little bit like who's that actor who gets into James Franco? He looks a little bit like James Franco. I see, see like him. a like a skinny Paul Canerco. Yeah, not I see skinny. that too. Not yes. skinny, but like down. Well, not even downgraded. It's like if if you tried to draw Paul Canerco from memory, you'd probably end up with this. That's true. That's what would happen to me because I'm that kind of drawer, not very good. Well, that's my bit about Kyle Anderson on the Timberwolves. He's like if you tried to draw Stephen Curry from memory. Um, people also say that Clay Thompson is if you tried to draw Drake from memory. So those always make me laugh because it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know that I see that, but okay. Well, either way, um, here's a fun one. December 13th, 2004, the Twins signed Bud Smith. You remember Bud Smith? I remember Bud Smith. I remember Bud Smith throwing a no-hitter for the Cardinals and then – then 9-11 happened, and I don't want to, like, link the two things, but nothing was the same after that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to link them either, but uh, rookie no-hitter, week before 9-11, uh, I think it was, like, seven strikeouts, four walks. It was one of the most, like, meh no-hitters. Yeah. I think the most meh one I can remember, like, in my lifetime, didn't Edwin Jackson have one with, like, eight walks? I think, you know, I think Edwin Jackson had eight walks in every appearance, but... Yeah, you might be right. I remember uh, Joe Cowley had uh, not that Joe Cowley, by not the way. that Joe Cowley, the pitcher Joe Cowley in 1986. I want to say he had a no hitter with like no strikeouts and seven walks or something like that. It was just, just I remember listening to it on the radio because it was a White Sox game and it was horrendous. Dave, I was born in 1986. Well, I mean, I was. Uh, a teenager. I'm old. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Uh, the next one. Uh, so, yeah, Bud Smith, um, again, never never pitches for the Twins in Major Leagues, but uh, another one of those guys that, uh, you know, handsome son of a gun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you say so. No, he, he's, yeah. he's good. Uh, the next two seasons. Huh. Yeah. The next guy, January 4th, 2005. I don't think there's any way you're going to guess. And okay. I don't know. If looked at the google doc and if you did then you've probably cheated um so this guy does care. not play in the big leagues for the twins but did play in 776 games 2194 plate appearances from 1996 to 2004 with five different teams and the position column or is that a row no that's a column because it's top down on baseball reference has like seven entries in each season for positions played. Do you have any idea who I'm talking about? I mean, I always hope the answer is Camara Barty, but it's probably not. It's not Camara Barty. It is, uh, let's see, he is currently the infield, major league field coordinator of the Boston Red Sox. Oh, uh, is it Bill Miller? Bill Miller? It's Andy Fox. Andy Fox. Yes. Minus 0.5 career baseball reference war, which uh, is hard to do in almost 2,000 plate appearances, is it not? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it. I mean, if you uh, if you do it right, you know, you you hit a few home runs, and you can you play shortstop and center field or whatever. I don't know if he was one of those guys, but if you can yeah. play shortstop and and continue to play shortstop, whether you're good at it or not, if they put you out there, you will get offers. It's Maybe. like Nefty Perez or yeah, uh, Denny Hawking. We had Denny Hawking on. One of my other shows, but we'd love to have him on this one too. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, USA baseball. He's got daughters who play soccer. Yeah. He's a fascinating dude, um, but not someone we're going to touch on in this episode or any subsequent episodes. Um, two more, and then we'll call it an episode. We're only going to get through the beginning of 2005, which, you know, it is what it is, but we're still waiting for the Twins to sign somebody, anybody outside of Josh Stelmont. Next, we have a third base catcher, first base hybrid who went to camp with the Twins in 2005. And I remember there being some hype about it, but more so because of the era. You know, we didn't, you know, in 04, 05, we we're kind of getting into the baseball prospectus, money ball, walks are good, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I thought this guy had a pretty good chance to make the team. I feel like they talked him up quite a bit and would have made sense as like a backup catcher, corner infielder. Um, again, any idea who I'm talking about? Uh, probably after you say Eric Munson, Wow, Eric Munson. Yeah. Third overall pick in the 99 draft. I didn't realize he was drafted that high. Uh, top two picks, both named Josh. You remember who they are? Um, Josh Beckett. The second. And, uh, Josh, uh, no, I don't. Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. That's right. So the next three picks after months. So Hamilton, 28.2 baseball reference war, 35.7 for Beckett, minus 1.4 for Munson. And then the next, what is it, six picks? The next five picks, uh, four don't make the major leagues. And then Kyle Snyder, 0.4 baseball reference war. Um, Corey Myers, twins prospect BJ Garby. Uh, Josh Girdley, who I don't know anything about, and then Bobby Bradley, but not the one who played for the uh, Cleveland recently. Okay. Then Barry Zito, Ben Sheets, Brett Myers. Like this, this round is actually fairly strong. Uh, Mr. Jenny Finch, Casey Dagg, also in the mix there in the supplemental round. I remember um, Eric Munson just for uh, s- somehow thinking that he was Thurman Munson's son, which I obviously never read anywhere because it's not true. But he was a catcher, and his name was Munson. So I'm not, and he's born in 1977, at uh, well, not the height of Thurman Munson's powers, but maybe his fame. So I thought maybe, yeah. but well, no relation. No, Eric Munson, no relation. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> Twins bring him in though after hitting 19 homers, 212 average, 289 OBP, 445 slug. Um, but back to back years, 37 combined homers. Uh, OPS plus of in the high nineties for a guy who can catch a little bit, play a little third base. I'm a little surprised too, that he didn't make the O five twins, even as a, you know, a backup first baseman. O uh, five was, I can't I'm to remember. I think O four was Koski's last year. So O five would have made some sense for him to help them out, but he got dumped at the end of spring training. Um, yeah. Koski was in Toronto that year and then Milwaukee, and then it was over for him. Um, Corky Miller. <laughs> with the twins? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Corky Miller. And then um, I'm trying to think of who else they had. 
Chris Heinz, maybe. Yeah, that's one. Um, of course, the great have, Mike Redmond, who we all love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Redmond. Okay. Did you know he used to take naked batting practice? Where would he take it? Uh, I in the cages underneath. Oh. At the med- so and yeah, like, so like, that's maybe that's why Shohei does it in the cage. He's yeah, not, it, he doesn't have any clothes on. This was like an open, like people knew about this. The people didn't right. see it, but the, it was definitely an open, like well-known wow. thing. I, so, I interviewed Mike Redman in a Answer Man 20 Questions like format when I think he was, or I don't remember if, if yeah, he was in the majors, but he came up in, in the Kane County Cougar. Uh, that's a team in the Chicago area, a minor league mm-hmm. team. So mm-hmm. that was the hook for our newspaper at the time. And we did not discuss naked batting practice, but I wish that we had. Well, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, last one we'll get to in this episode because we are way over time. Uh, twins were looking for right, uh, left-handed, excuse me, relief help uh, for quite a while there. Eventually, they settled on Dennis Reyes or Denny Reyes, who um, also kind of walked. like I, Well, I think literally one of his legs was shorter than the other, so he kind of had a hitch. But he threw a, a just a, a goofy slider that, for whatever reason, just killed lefties. But one of the lefties who didn't make the team, who is still in baseball, uh, actually just switched jobs recently, moving down to Atlanta. Any guess? Um, Broadcaster. Oh. Just left the Rangers. Oh, C.J. Nikowski. Yeah, so CJ Nitkowski, my favorite CJ Nitkowski story. Do you know one the of my one favorite of favorite broadcasters? The one who pitched the, the the time that his kid pitched poorly in what is so one of them said, "Don't worry, when your dad pitches poorly, we have to move." <laughs> you ever heard that story? Uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, that one. That one cracked. I think it might have been his mom. You know, the kid had a tough game, and he goes, "Don't worry about it. When your dad pitches badly, we have to move." I'm going to somehow use that on my kids in some way. I'm going to obviously have to twist the story, but I like that story. I do. No, totally worth it. Well, when we reconvene, there's some fun names coming up here as we get into 2005. Um, Armando Rios, Tony Batista, Sean Wooten, who actually, um, I believe, won a World Series with the Angels when they beat the Twins. And uh, his wife used to come into my UPS store and send him packages when he was coaching the Chattanooga Lookouts when they were in the Dodger system. And what absolutely delighted me was the address to the stadium. One line drive. Oh, I get it. Yeah. So that, that's kinda... is, that is one of the funniest brushes with greatness I've ever heard. Well, this guy's wife used to come into my UPS store. <laughs> They lived in Victoria, which is a, not really a suburb, but like one of those country towns not far off. But they have a pizza ranch. So, yeah, you know, I used to have a podcast. They're not also. a sponsor, right? What's that? They're not a sponsor, right? Pizza Ranch of uh, Lockdown? We, we could keep hoping, but no, not not to this point. Um, Kirk Cousins does commercials for him, though. So that tells you all you need he to does? know. Yep. I can't, I can't believe I haven't seen people make more fun of him for that. People make fun of Kirk Cousins for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when he doesn't plug into his charger and then plays a primetime game and runs out of battery um, because he's robotic. Get it? Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, uh, 
that's a wrap. We got a lot of fun names still coming up. Or if, you know, the twins sign somebody and we can actually have a discussion about something that's happened in this decade. We're into this century, at least. We're into the 21st century. Um, it's kind of like going to northern Minnesota. Like, we're finally in the 21st century up there. And so... Um, well, the twins are only... Are, they're going to spring training with 20 players, and that's it. So get used <laughs> to it. Yep. Well... We got some fun ones, and then we also have Sydney Ponson coming up. So, again, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. Thanks, Dave, for hanging out as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll talk soon. And uh, thanks for listening to and watching Locked on Twins, and we'll see you tomorrow night.